Listening to Podcast 118, a Hey Arnold re-education where every week two lifelong friends gather to re-watch, review, and relive every episode and movie of the classic Nick Tune Hey Arnold. I'm one of your hosts, Michael Asuncion, and how are you this morning for one? Yeah, it's morning time. I'm good. I'm uh I'm an early riser, so oh, I uh, I'm feeling good. I'm Sean Ellis, I'm the other host. Hello. Shit, shit, that must be real nice. This is a uh this is a special recording for several reasons. Uh you're not hearing this this will come out quite a bit after we record it but we're just trying to bank up so we don't fall behind for a couple of different reasons mm. uh you and i and some of our other dear friends and our respective you know other significant other ladies what i can't fucking talk it's too early i'm not oh, a yeah, like person. my significant other you're i don't have one the, the joke is i'm sorry i'm sorry i didn't mean to it's phrase okay. it you have way. nothing to apologize okay. for <laughs> you're, you're very happy where you are <laughs> we've had I'm these conversations so stoked where i'm at <laughs> um, so stoked but anyway we're going to comic-con in a couple weeks so don't want to fall behind go yeah. comic convention don't want to fall behind there um and yeah so we're gonna be this is our actually our first time this episode and the episode after will have been recorded basically in rapid succession so i'm very curious to see how that goes that that's a first for me um <clears throat> endurance stream absolutely it's also special for me because this is a, i've never podcasted it on a monday morning and uh if you can't already tell from the sound of my voice i'm a little like <sighs> haggard vocally right now because i was at a mm. i was at my first music festival at, really huh? if you if you don't count the time i went to hardly strictly bluegrass for like a couple hours this is Yesterday was like my first actual music festival experience, and it is tangentially related because in at one point, one of the bands, it was actually really cool, uh, there was this Mexican, I believe, punk band there called Podium, super mm-hmm. awesome, crazy, like, set up the drum, all the drummer had was a hi-hat, a kick, a snare, and a crash, and he totally shredded it up still, but uh, there, awesome. yeah, there was like a pit, and the singer got down onto the pit multiple times like at least maybe five times and was just all up in the mix but there was a guy in the pit and i was like i wanted to find him after because there was a guy in the pit wearing a hat and he had a patch on the hat and it was the uh helga's helga's locket or whatever you call it her little heart frame picture thing of arnold i was like wait wait i have something to tell you but i couldn't i couldn't find the guy So it's okay. Um, there may be times for more guerrilla marketing my, at the, in the future. Out of my own curiosity, you mentioned Mexican punk band. Were there any like kind of like instrumental or, or any? She was uh, she was singing in Spanish. That was about okay. as Mexican as it got. I want to say at least as far gotcha. as like at first glance, but it was all very loud, so it was hard to tell. Yeah, because mariachi punk could be pretty badass. That would have been really cool for sure. Yeah, yeah. But also, yeah. quick plug: if so you're no- saying they let you down, is what you're saying. <laughs> Yes, it was. Un- yeah, they underwhelmed me, and I wanted to shaking my fist angrily at John Waters of the Mosswood Meltdown. How dare you <laughs> sign these people? But no, just kidding. They were great. Also, just because I feel a slight sense of like obligation because they're so amazing. If anyone is listening to this podcast and hasn't listened, checked out this band, please, for the love of God, do your your ears and your soul a favor and listen to the Linda Lindas because. They were amazing. That was the chief reason I went there yesterday. 
my second time seeing them you probably you may remember there was like a quartet of girls playing playing a song called racist sexist boy in a public library that a video that went viral i think only a year ago which is crazy i i swear to god it was longer than Mm -hmm. that but yeah they've just blown up super hard ever since like they have a full-length album now and they're just monsters no lie like you no lie, like one of my favorite bass players in now is a fourteen year old girl <laughs> named Eloise Wong, and she's just she just has this super nasty, like fuzzy, thick bass sound, and it's like it 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 just sounds straight up Scott Pilgrim to me. So that's probably why, like that, Respect. like the bass battle, like dun, 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 that just like that swampy tone. But she's a complete, she's a complete like badass on this on stage, like. Wow, we might that's have. gotta be so cool too, because you get to see them like mature into their talents. Totally, time as well. totally, yeah. Like they were like kind of really coming into their, like still getting comfortable. I want to say, like as I've sort of followed their career, which is a weird mm-hmm. thing to say over the last year, but yeah, I last saw them in April playing at the SF MoMA of all places, and mm. even between now, the sets are really sick. It actually was really cool, yeah. And then here uh, was in Mosswood Park in Oakland, which also, um, for you NBA Street Volume 2 players out there, uh, yes, just the (laughs) same, the the Mosswood stage, NBA Street Volume 2 was a real place. Uh, So that was there. But yeah, yeah, to there's see probably a lot of mm-hmm. fans of NBA Street Volume Two in our Venn diagram of there probably is. I think there's a certain yeah. millennial no, overlap. There... We're not being sarcastic, yes. <laughs> no, this is my general snark, but also probably truth. Yeah, that one. But yeah, just to see like they're really growing into their like stage presence and stuff, like doing little like choreographed moves, which I really fuck with because like mm. some of my favorite bands, like you and I both love Fall Out Boy, for example, Sean. Like mm. they're amazing to mm. listen to. But they're also kind of boring as shit to watch on stage. They like they're very sedentary. <laughs> I think like had we seen them in their prime when Joe was like throwing his guitar more and like spinning around more, but yeah. the, I mean Andy's I mean Andy's the drummer, so he's always fun to watch and stuff. But mm. otherwise, like the the few times I've seen Fallout Boy, like yeah, it's like a little uh, sedentary <laughs> on stage for my liking. Mm. But you know, it's so funny that you mention a band playing at a museum that may or may not have had choreographed pieces to their music Mm -hmm. because the band I saw at a museum, it was at the um, LA Natural History Museum. It was like a summer Fridays thing. I saw Tuxedo there and they're super funky. Uh, Also, do your ears a a favor and listen to Tuxedo if you haven't. But same thing. (laughs) Like, very much like choreographed stuff to their music and they're funky so it was a lot of like two-stepping. Oh, I love that. Um, Yeah, you gotta do that for like funk bands and whatnot. If you if you haven't listened to Tuxedo Michael, I'll you, check them out. I think would appreciate them. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, enough of the uh, what we've been listening to. And that's the podcast. Yeah, that's the podcast. Okay, bye. <laughs> That'll hold you for two weeks. It's like okay. Anyway, for real though, uh, bef- I'm trying to get better at this before we launch into the proceedings. So please, um, if you haven't, if you're not already doing so, please be sure to follow or subscribe to the show on uh, Apple Pod, if, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. And leave a rating and review, especially if you like what you hear so other people can find the show. And if you want to just follow us for, you know, updates or tangential screen caps, pithy observations on the show, please check us out. Uh, you know, f- feel free to follow us or check us out Twitter and Instagram at PC118pod. So let's just get jump right into the, the fun. Uh, today we are going into episode seven. And uh, episode seven, part A, is entitled Operation Ruthless. 
Originally aired October 30th, 1996, written by Rachel Lipman and Steve Vixton, directed by Kelly James and Larry Likelighter, so mixing up kind of the pairings for this one, which may be mm. indicative of the episode, again, because it's about yeah. that dichotomy of sort of how boys and girls kind of conceive and view of their, you know, their romantic, their young, burgeoning romantic lives. Helga attempts to destroy very strong choice of words, Ruth McDougal, <laughs> a sixth grader whom Arnold has a crush on while at the annual city cheese fair. I know. It's, again, that, I, we were really hung up on the word destroy a couple weeks ago. Like, I must destroy Spider-Man. <laughs> so it's just nice to hear. Yeah. She, like, specifically says, she, she does say she's going to destroy Ruth. Like, oh yeah. she gets very, like, super villain, but maybe not so much super Absolutely. villain, more like Gru from Despicable Me or, like, I, re- I I put down that, like, this episode actually does a lot to develop Helga's character. You kind of really have to, like, look at those more quieter in-between moments mm. between the sort of, yeah. like, set pieces. There's a lot of set pieces, I feel like, in this episode. Um, you know, you, you get a lot of mileage out of her jealousy, her insecurity, her feelings for Arnold. But part of it also plays out like a Wile E. Coyote Roadrunner cartoon. You know, like, she's hatching all oh, yeah. these schemes and... They all, none of it goes the way that she uh, expects to. One, I intentionally don't read the synopses because I appreciate hearing your delivery on it Thank for you. the first time. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, two, uh, hearing that it's Destroy Ruth yeah. gives the t- the title pretty uh, a pretty sick double entendre mm-hmm. with like, yeah, the lack of Ruth, hopefully, and also how ruthless Helga is. Yeah, I didn't know what the word Ru- I didn't know what the her. word ruthless was definitely by the you know when I first at, uh, saw this episode. And you, but yeah, she's she's, yeah. she's definitely got that. Helga's got that Cobra Kai energy that strike first, strike hard, no mercy. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> and also, where is the nearest cheese fair, and how do I get there? my dog? I looked it up. It's a. Th- I mean, it's definitely a thing. I. I think there was a dummies.com like you know blah 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 for dummies and there was a top 10 oh, list yeah. of like best cheese fairs in the country there's a fair amount of them a lot of them are depending on your region of course uh, the experience yeah. will vary so you know california and mm-hmm. oregon there's like an artisanal cheese fair mm-hmm. i think the first thing that came up was yeah like a 2022 california artisanal cheese fair so it's probably like napa the, cool. napa thereabouts because you know wine and cheese go pretty yeah, good together sure. but if we wanted something that's close if not better than what the uh citizens of hillwood had got to take advantage of in this episode we'd probably have to go to the wisconsin cheese festival because duh i can't believe i didn't oh i feel so dumb i didn't think about it before that's my that's a dwight dwight was it from dodgeball that's my dwight i think yeah yeah anyway so um the wisconsin cheese festival features music cheese carving demonstrations a parade rides very very critical because there's like this is essentially a carnival that the kids go to um a cheesecake contest and this is a little more concerned like i assume like a tasting like i don't know who made the best cheesecake but this sounds like fun but i feel really like like concerned for the the competitors a cheese curd eating contest oh i mean i'm not gonna lie Every time we go to what twenty one, yeah, getting the cheese curds. Oh. So, do they have to be fried, or is that just how they do it there? Like, cause, well, I guess they don't I have to be, cause like how they do, yeah, it cause there, that, right? cause it's, for poutine, it's, it's just like the naked cheese curds, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that sounds pretty. That sounds pretty, pretty, pretty cool though. <laughs> yeah, I would a hundred percent go. I mean, 
Rest in peace to the Gilroy Garlic Festival, unless they brought it back. No, I think like, it's still Dunzo, bro. Yeah, things that are dedicated to a very specific, um, I guess, food. Yeah, food <laughs> ingredients. Right up my alley. What 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 is what alley. is your favorite? Well, so this is my essential questions for here, real quick. Sesame what, oil? No, no. <laughs> what are your favorite? What are your favorite types of cheese? But also, what's your like favorite like cheese based dish? Oh shit. Okay. Um. One, we're going to answer this inverse. The best okay. cheese-based dish is learning how to and successfully executing upon the grilled cheese from Chef. Oh, I my guy. will never uh. make a grilled cheese a different way. I will never, ever use the, like, craft slices again in my life after having that thing. You have to use, like, four um, different types of cheese, right? Isn't that what, they, what, what Roy and John mm-hmm. taught us on the Chef Show on Netflix? Yeah. Absolutely. And you can interchange them, like throw in whatever cheese mm-hmm. you want. Like it's a great sandwich. And that's also the only way that I toast my bread these days. Yeah. Um, unless I'm really, really lazy and use the toaster. It's time intensive. Uh, Please watch pan, Chef or pan the is Chef the show. way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Watch both. Absolutely. Yes. Um, and the greatest cheese, if we're going for like accessibility and versatility, I have to go with Havarti. Havarti mm. is a number one for me. It's not too like heavily slanted towards like the sweet or the bitter for my palate mm-hmm. it melts down really nicely and it holds its own as a slice and it's not one of the more expensive ones but uh, i could always go for a smoked gouda oh uh, there's good very good there's good cheap options but also off the block <coughs> is sweet so nice yeah nice i think it's got depth <laughs> of course so for me i think this is a newer addition to my sort of palate but I've been eating a lot of, with my current partner slash fiance, uh, I just, I've been eating a lot more Korean food in all this time. So Korean corn cheese is with very... My current fiance. Well, current, no, my current slash only fiance, because I'm totally marrying her and it's going to be awesome. Sorry, sorry. That came out really weird. Again, it's too early for this shit. And uh, yeah, I was, you know, singing my little heart out to some sweet ass punk rock last night. That is, to, again, as I said, Korean corn cheese, that's super high up there for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, shrimp che- shrimp toast is pretty great. Uh, I'm making some shrimp toast later, so there's going to be a lot of a lot of cheese up in that mix. Yeah. If it's a sandwich, I will definitely default to, like, Pepper Jack or Monterey Jack for a sandwich. I dig brie quite a bit. If it's, like, a bored charcuterie situation, mm. that's, that's pretty high up for yeah. me, too. Brie is very good. <clears throat> as long as you s- you appreciate the rind, right? Yeah. Do you I'm not, I'm, yeah, I'm not against it. Okay. Yeah. Okay, good. Because the rind is a very important part of the texture experience with brie. True. Oh, that's a that's a really good point. I like my cheese, everybody. <laughs> as does as does Arnold is also very relevant, uh, relevant about cheese. Because I always wondered, like, mm. is the is the Hillwood City Cheese Fair is it billed as the festival, the annual festival of the Holy Provolone, or is that Arnold's <laughs> little? flourish of how he refers to the cheese fair because it's it's just weird you, you don't usually see hear arnold say that many syllables in a, yeah, in, in a sentence for sure. so it was very yeah. it was very it was a very flowery dialogue choice so that always really stuck out to me whenever he says when he says that at the top i mean i'll give it to him like if mm-hmm. you're passionate about cheese you get to be a little bit stuck up about it he- Fair. That's completely okay. Fair. Yeah. He's also very passionate about Ruth in this episode, and it's a little. <laughs> I think it's it's a little it's a little easier to for me to digest compared to a uh, little pink book, because you I guess yeah. you actually see how, what's the word, ill-equipped he is to be trying to like deal with these feelings or to 
do yes. <laughs> to do anything about these feelings. He gets it's yeah. actually again like playing up that the um playing up the parallels between Arnold and Helga. Even he launches into like a very like romantic monologue like what a d- Ruth what a div- what a mm-hmm. what perfect name for such a divine creature. <laughs> it's just weird to see him in that mode and you know Gerald's yeah trying to wingman him in a certain sense or like Gerald's basically acting like Hitch from the movie Hitch mm-hmm. in this yeah like trying to just get him like just do this you'll be fine but Arnold mm-hmm. is just perennially kind of like overwhelmed by his by his love slash infatuation <laughs> with Ruth also Ruth is a I mean props to Ruth she's very comfortable just wandering around on her own dude like, she yeah, I know I know it's not, like does not seem to have friends <laughs> That's true. It's it, it's it's like my fan. It's like my thing of always wondering what it would be like to go to Disneyland by myself. She's perfectly content to go to the Hall of Mirrors and especially like yeah, I can empathize. Ride ride bumper cars by herself. Like that's that's you know that's an interesting thing because usually yeah. if you're going on bumper cars, you're like targeting your friends or whoever else you're there with. But it'd be mm. an, that'd be kind of an interesting experience to just bump into complete strangers. Bumper cars are <clears throat> really weird by default for yeah me. it's because, a weird social like, experiment for sure absolutely because i don't know there's the bumper cars that you have to follow the kind of like the track and and if you go the other way they get upset with you oh i've never seen that and i don't then, think i've ever experienced that it's actually most of them <laughs> so, okay. which means you probably just don't go on bumper cars maybe my my but my default bumper all the ones car, at, yeah. all the ones at disneyland are oh like you have to yeah. go in the certain direction That's, okay yes i never um, did those like the bugs land one like the tuck and roll bumper cars i never got to do those sadly yeah absolutely it just makes it easier for them to like move them around and identify the ones right. that are broken and move them like, to the side like car number four um, yeah that's the problem if this fucking cheese fair had that we per- we would have gotten car number four taken care of right away <laughs> exactly it would have been sidelined instantly <laughs> as um, opposed to but yeah that's fucking terrifying like it's yeah it's <laughs> it's like terrifying i know we're, we're jumping ahead a little bit but yeah that's just like super funny just uh, say good night phoebe <laughs> like they easily fly 30 feet or something and in my head i always i completely forgot my i guess mandela effect kind of thing i was like oh this is the part where they crash into the hot dog cart like i thought that they straight up like go into the side mm. of the truck like it's blues brothers or some shit but they just crash into the yeah. the inflatable hot dog on on top of it a wiener stand as phoebe mm-hmm. says but i yeah. love how only helga comes out of that having to wear a neck brace and like phoebe's brace, phoebe's yeah. pretty unfazed like even yeah i think it's nice we get more out of yeah we get more out of phoebe here which is nice we and good phoebe time but yeah we'll freaking yeah we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll get to that let's see yeah. um also ruth's mm-hmm. is ruth's hair slash head the inverse of arnold's yeah i i would say so again it's that that mirror image sort of because she's a football head too right yeah she that sort of mirror image inverse thing it's it's like i remember reading about the uh this character design like how tetsuya namura designed cloud and sephiroth for final fantasy and like they gave sephiroth super long hair to invert going going down to inverse cloud's hair pointing up Cloud has a big, wide sword. Like Sephiroth has a really yeah. skinny sword, so it's like, yeah, Sephiroth's is long and slim. Cloud's <laughs> is short a, and fat. Yours is short and fat. Mine's long and skinny. But yeah, again, I think it's they, and you just get way more, um, like full shots of Ruth in this one too. 
you just and get her bowling shoes that she always wears. That's true. I always thought. Well, that they always. I don't know what they're called, but I think like girls in the fifties used to wear shoes like that all the time. Like every time I watch Back to the Future, or like Pleasantville, they're always wearing those yeah, things. Bowling. Bowl for bowling. Well, they all went bowling. <laughs> that that's all kids went. In the fifties, all kids did was go bowling, drink milkshakes, go to the drive-in, and like sexually experiment in back seats of cars. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I don't know how we got there, but. She pulls it off, though. It's a nice little thing. Or it looked like she's wearing spats. I thought she was wearing spats, too, which, because uh, I always thought spats looked cool. But anyways, <laughs> this is a fashion fashion hour over here at Podcast 118. Let's see. And they were also there during setup, right? Like Yeah, they were there, like, they were still... They were getting ready for rope dropper. They were there all day, all day long, you know, and, which checking out I'm like i guess that is kind of cool to see like kind of how the sausage gets made like you know how i've always wanted to see people setting up uh like when i've gone to like county fairs or whatever i've, I've always wanted to see mm. the way people set up rides because you see this crazy thing of like oh this is like some crazy flatbed truck it's like a playset or some shit it's like a micro yeah. machines mm-hmm. or type situation or you see, you yeah. see like there's like a truck bed but like the the ride and all of its apparatus is localized to this like it all folds out or whatever so mm-hmm. that's something i've always yeah. wanted to see happen in real time but yeah it's a trip for sure i've never seen one be set up but like when you're driving past them on like the highways mm-hmm. or whatever oh yeah when they're being transported really it's it's super weird mm-hmm. it's like a yeah it's like a transformers yeah. movie or some shit we also got like a callback to to downtown as fruits on like the uh, the standees. The yeah, 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 yeah. I was thinking that too. Like all the fruits are coming through. Yeah. No, this time like Arnold. I don't think we ever see Arnold's face actually in any of the holds. I don't know if we're looking. If we're trying to like parse out the symbolism, like maybe that's you know as please, opposed to him. You know, in contrast to so that that first episode is Helga very much at least in in control of a situation initially being like hey this is how i see arnold or whatever like i get to kind of tell him what to do or whatever like it's like arnold trying to kind of like figure out for himself like how he's going to go about this whole thing with ruth and it's a lot of yeah i think him and helga they're both yeah they're both on these sort of parallel tracks of like i'm trying to Mm -hmm. get this thing done or achieve this certain outcome it's not really happening for me but they're both like really they're both still continually trying to trying to make it work, which is which is interesting. Absolutely, I just read it as Arnold was too short. That too, and or has difficulty finding the hole. No, oh, he probably. I mean, there's and you know, there's none of those uh, cut 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 out standy photo ops or football head friendly. I'm sure. So there's also that. Mm. <laughs> Phoebe got the Phoebe got a new. You think Helga replaced Phoebe's? Two. You think Helga replaced Phoebe's don't book for this one? Because she, she had she a new better one. Better have. I know. Cause she wasted yeah. all. She didn't waste any of the, uh, of the spirals though. Phoebe and I might be kindred spirits in that we just have like a backlog, <laughs> of notebooks ready for when you finish the, the one that you're working on. Does your, I mm-hmm. mean, like literally behind me, there's there's four that I I bought in like a group pack. Nice. I, I got two three packs. I had six and through two of them. Does you do do at least right. one of your notebooks also contain, detailed, bullet point notes of people's physical features just in case somebody asks <laughs> like she already had those notes about just in Ruth, case somebody like, asked. in case yeah. helga was like no. she was ready she yeah. was she just rattled it off what, what, what were those uh let's see long slender legs dazzling smile shiny chestnut hair <laughs> it makes you wonder if that's something that phoebe has taken upon herself to notate maybe or if she's been tasked by helga probably because to... she is also like helga's like kind of like executive assistant in a certain sense mm. for a lot of a lot of yeah. times too she's she's her chifu 
you know, in Mulan a little bit. Mm. Mm, what, what do you think cotton cheese? How do you think cotton cheese would taste? Because I'm, I'm sure that if we go to like Wisconsin at the Wisconsin yeah. Cheese Fair, Festival, they probably got that shit on deck. I'll be honest, I wouldn't put it past being tasty because yeah for real you think of the ways that cheese is incorporated into a lot of things like i think instantly to like uh like places like honey lemon that have like the cheese foam. on top of the tea that's true yeah on top of the tea and i would imagine it would taste kind of similar to that where it's mm -hmm. like a really light sweetness and almost kind of like when people use tofu for a layer yeah on, um, in like true. a cake or something yeah as a thickener that probably would probably be the inverse bad. of that yeah that's a really right? good point blend it up put in a load of sugar and then fly it out there was a lot of opportunity for uh, cheese-related puns, and we saw a lot of them, but mm -hmm. none of them were like the food. It was just the uh, like names of rides and stuff. That's yeah. That's I think the main visual gag in terms of food is just Arnold dumbfoundedly holding the uh, the cheese kebab. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that toasted marshmallow on top looks real nice, though. Is that what that is? No, I, th I thought that was Pepper Jack. <laughs> It's pepper jack. It's totally. It, like it does look like a toasted marshmallow <laughs> with the burnt bits for sure. Just in case you were yeah. curious, or I did this because I, because I knew I was going to. Do you know how many? Do you want to take a guess as to how many times Arnold says "Hi, Ruth"? Um, he says "Hi, Ruth." Twenty-seven times. You're not. That's actually within the ballpark. It was actually twenty-one. <clears throat> God, pretty good pretty good but i'll give you i'll give you the extra i'll give you the extra credit for uh hello ruthie nice to meet you ruth how you doing ruth <laughs> again arnold's like very optimistic desperation is is kind of adorable in this episode absolutely yeah the gap between like asking Gerald to be reminded what his line is and being super excited like oh yeah that's it and then going immediately to like Hi, the troll Hi, Ruth. <laughs> so funny he is so zoned out yeah. it really is yeah <laughs> and we get so much Phoebe Gerald ship dude like, freaking yes like never mind Hell I know yeah. I know we're like preaching to the choir here I'm sure like the majority of the fandom feels the exact same way but like never mind arnold and helga like the 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 true otp of this show is gerald and phoebe like mm -hmm. the way they just like this from this shot alone like immediate like preceding the hall of mirror sequence it's just like mm -hmm. bro this is so freaking cute <laughs> also they're just like yeah they know they, they know they like each other and they're not like yeah they're just they're just going for it which is yeah commendable big respect not afraid just leaving the fair hand in hand Mm -hmm. and everything and just the tunnel of love see that little tunnel of love exchange like and that's when we hit the, and then we hit the wiener stand like wow you okay he's like yeah i'm okay now and then like they kind of lean into each other it's just oh my god it's so adorable <laughs> yeah these two are really really great because i also feel like i don't know it's it still has time to develop mm -hmm. but i'm realizing very quickly i mean it's it's obvious that phoebe is kind of like the the well-grounded foil to Helga being mm -hmm. a little bit in the clouds. And oh. as Arnold still continues to find his feet, yeah. Gerald, he provides that in some episodes. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, he's, he's there to be the foil, but I always remember Gerald also being the kind of like grounded down to earth, willing to step outside of it every now and again. Yeah. I mean, he ultimately he, is kind of like yeah. the, the rock yeah. of the friendship, you know? I, I mean, if Arnold is the voice of he's, he's like Arnold's Arnold sometimes, you know, it's like mm. Arnold is kind yeah. of like, the voice of reason for everyone else but like who kind of 
I mean, besides like his grandparents who go about it in their yeah. own really specific way. Like if Ger- as long as it's not an episode where Gerald is out of all sorts and kind of coming undone for whatever reason, yeah. like you know, we got like the episode where he gets he uh, he dabbles into the world of multi level marketing. But we'll get there. Mm-hmm. We'll get there. <laughs> like mm-hmm. otherwise, yeah, that's gonna he, be a fiery Sean episode. Yeah, yeah I'm sure it is. Um, Daryl is really good at doing that for Arnold, like mm-hmm. trying to just like keep him on course and. Bring him again, as you said. Bring him back down to earth as necessary, as needed. You yeah. know, so that's yeah, they're definitely they're definitely kindred spirits in that. Real quick, going into the uh, the again the Hall of Mirrors sequence. Mm, again, to it. me going into me looking at like seeing kind of like film homages or references to other things, whether or not intentional. I really feel like this whole bit. Is maybe one of the best, better brainy bits because it's she's just yeah. everywhere. <laughs> yeah. But it's yeah. it, it reminds me of the end of uh, Enter the Dragon when Bruce Lee is trying to figure out where the bad guy <laughs> Han is in in, yeah. Yeah. in his uh, secret mirror lair, and we all know, you know Bruce. You know Bruce Lee was had a pretty sick backhand or you know martial law from Tekken kind of thing. So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I was gonna say Helga had the 100% accuracy I'll, build I'll, here. All we were missing was Helga like dramatically crept breaking all of the panes of glass just to make sure she really knew which one was Brainy. But she didn't even need it. She man. didn't she need knew. it. She just had that. She just she was just locked in. Sean, am I am I not wrong in assuming that you would totally you would gladly take Harold's place in the Tunnel of Love? Or at oh, least how did yeah. you? Hell yeah. Rhonda was very Absolutely. dominant. You know you like me, Gerald. <laughs> yeah. That might be the other, like, another point in Rhonda's, uh, in, in Rhonda's corner for me. Um, <laughs> willing, willing to take the lead and pull him into the, what's it called? Into the, the swan. Into the boat. Yeah. Also, Harold's first help is so, like, dejected. <laughs> it's so, it's like, help. <laughs> so good. I know, I no. Well, no, again, if we're looking at this, if we're, like, taking this, <laughs> taking this, uh, the production order as canon or whatever, like, the order that we're watching this, like, mm. a couple weeks ago for Harold or however long ago, he was tied to a chair in Rhonda's house, forcibly having makeup applied to him, and... Being made up to look like a girl, we didn't talk about that when we did Helga's makeover. But yeah, of course, this is going to be a very triggering experience for Harold, probably being <laughs> being stuck. But like the tunnel of love looks like it takes like thirty seconds, all told. Yeah. It's like it's a yes. corridor. You turn a corner, you go down a corridor, and then you like come out the other kind of side. Like snakes. It's certain. Yeah. It's no. It's a small world or pirates of the Caribbean, but with really smug swans too. Yeah, they're very like uh, kind of just like dead-eyed a little bit you know staring at helga <laughs> while she's talking to that is yeah that whole that whole part though of the kids trying to like upend the line order it, that stresses me out every single time <laughs> but yeah the sort yeah. of blind date aspect of it is crazy is a crazy conceit too that would be my nightmare if i saw that that was the setup i would never n- never experience that attraction no way yeah especially if it's like kids that, that i went to school with like i picture myself doing that say in like middle school high school would have been a little more whatever but i do remember that feeling as a kid of like oh these are very small number of girls i'm even remotely comfortable having a conversation with and then like mm-hmm. these are the girls the vast majority i either have nothing to say <laughs> to or i want nothing to do with or whatever so yeah i mean i guess i would have been curious too like peering over this was a fun one. I, this is one of those episodes that, like, 
I didn't really remember what the like off of the title what the episode mm-hmm. was about, but then the second it opened on the cheese fair, I was like, oh hell yeah, we're in, we're in, <laughs> yeah. But then it it yeah. ends in a very on a very somber place. I always forget mm-hmm. how good that that uh, like last music cue is. Mm-hmm. It's just with the light shutting off. Yeah, it's just yeah the really like gush and ultimately you know because Helga was just so preoccupied with like her jealousy frankly like it just was it's just a very isolating experience for her like even her best friend got out of there she got hers you know and she's like left to her own devices she still got her neck brace on but we have that really nice keyboard saxophone to to take us out yeah and that makes Helga tonight's big loser (laughs) as big as loser time Daddy's favorite show. Helga's not a loser. You're for it's very sympathetic. Just stand. Just, She's not a loser. Just to clarify. She's not. Quick not shout out po- on the po- on the Pookie Sona tracker. Uh, Sailor Grandma, mm. very adorable, and just her enthusiasm. Oh. Faster, faster. Yeah. <laughs> it was just funny because it's like we didn't see her there the whole episode. She just she literally comes out of nowhere. There are no there. Besides the adults who exit the tunnel of love at, before the kids do, like some guy probably looks yeah. like he threw up on his partner or whoever he was paired with. But I like I like how grandma just pops out of nowhere for that one. It was necessary. Oh. Yeah, we needed we needed that little levity because again, it's a very disappointing episode. I mean, the episode is kind of kind of again like that recurring theme of hey, disappointment. Is a downer as a show. It's a pretty. It? It's a downer. It's like, but it's like, let's. But we got to make you laugh. It's, you're gonna. What's that line from Harry Potter? It's like, so you're gonna be miserable, but you're gonna be happy about it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the show is a is a lesson in street smarts. Street smarts. Thirty minutes at a time. That's true. So the next lesson here at Podcast One Eighteen, Episode Seven B, mm. the vacant lot, written by uh, I think it's a newer writer here. Josie Narizio, directed by Mark O'Hare and Larry Leichleiter. Arnold and his friends clean up a dirty lot to play baseball on, but when the adults find the lot, they take it over and use it for their own reasons. <laughs> so yeah, good. More of a- I'm willing. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm willing to take a point away from Grandpa from the better parental figure tracker on this episode. I think I'm willing to so. take a point back. I think he kind of loses it a little here. Because he, you know, he's yeah. he's he's just as culpable. That's the word I think. Culpable as any of the other neighborhood adults are, and you know, bogar- bogarting Gerald Field. I just needed to open with that because that's <laughs> because fair. That's it was apparent he's a bad guy. That's fair. Say. That's fair. That's, again, it's it's more about the uh, the community at large in this particular episode. So it's mm. it's nice you get like little moments of everyone and glimpses of their personality. But um, anyway, like right before they get the. They're brainstorming, like, oh, we need our own baseball field. Oh, let's call it Gerald Field or whatever. Like, right before they get the mm. – right as they get the idea or even just the conceit of, like, yeah, if we had our own field, we could play whatever we want. They, I haven't seen this movie, but everyone kind of – I think anyone who is a movie person knows. They walk past uh, They walk past a wall, and there's graffiti. Did you, ch- did you catch this, bro? It literally just says, mm. build it. And it was, like, to me, that was, like, oh, is this a fucking Field of Dreams reference, bro? Like – if you build it's it, they be. will call. Yeah. They will come. So, I thought that was really nice, and just that kind yeah. of like blue skies, we can do anything's possible mindset. That often is, you know, gets lost on adults. That it was that was a nice mm. moment of, of Arnold and Gerald to just kind of like let's let's do it, bro. Like that would be that would be cool, and then yeah, I think this is the first really. I think Gerald said a version of it 
or a permutation of it in Field Trip. But I think this is the first like blatant like this is this is the the delivery the line. This is the first time on the catchphrase tracker. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna just start calling it the gag runner because I think it sounds funnier yeah. that way. So on the gag runner in the catchphrase section, I logged, I believe this is the first time Gerald straight up says, you're a bold kid, Arnold, a bold kid, like in that exact cadence yeah. and structure. So that felt very special to me as well. And mm-hmm. yeah, to this day, anytime I, in, this, in SF, anytime or whatever, anytime I see a vacant lot, I just think like, I just like, could could a bunch of kids conceivably play, play baseball here? <laughs> it's, I'm just, mm-hmm. That's just something I've always wanted to see is a real life Gerald Field. Gerald Field's a really good name, too, by the mm-hmm. way. Like, as much as it is him just wanting to name it after himself, it's a really good name for, for like, a vacant lot back. It, um, rolls, it rolls off. And baseball it's, field. I mean, it's like, imagine trying to, like, name it after one of the other characters, like Stinky Field, Curly, curly Field, <laughs> Brainy Field. Yeah, no. Brainy Field. Peapod Kid Field. I'd, I'd play there, though. John Lennon Field. John Lennon Field. Well, there there is a John Lennon Field. There's Strawberry Field in Central Park, but that works too. <laughs> but yeah. It always made this Curly episode always field. The Curly Field. That yeah. Can you imagine the the rules there? Oh, we still haven't gotten anything out of Curly. I'm like, we were just like, this is such a lesson in patience. We we have like twelve, like three more months before we get to that episode. I think maybe a little less since we're <laughs> like that's. That's basically the episode that made us want to do this basically. shit. <laughs> maybe a little less because we're we're trying to we like with this process of us. I think maybe we'll get there a little sooner. So like sometime in the fall, we'll get we'll really get to curly. But this episode, this uh, this episode always makes me want to. I'm not savvy enough to do this. Like I'm not like computer. I have to probably like be like find a way to like replicate an old Mac OS or something. But if anybody like knows of a way I can play like the old backyard baseball games from the nineties, like please tell me because that's all I want to do. <laughs> I just I just want to I just want to you know put Pablo Sanchez on the plate and hit some dingers. I think that's what they call them. <laughs> no, you have to homer it. Remember homer it. That. That's true. Yeah, it, that's the official verbiage. Which adult use of the field feels the most impractical to you, of the way that all the adults kind of oh take God. over the space? It has to be using it as a chicken coop without a chicken. Coop. <laughs> and it's it's the mailman's chickens, right? Just, it's, <laughs> it's Harvey's chickens. Just like I think. roaming free. Yeah. yeah, it's Harvey's chickens. <laughs> great, great. The rest, the rest mm-hmm. of it feels like pretty reasonable. That's true. Right? Yeah, it's mostly just plants and gardening. Plants, gardening, and checkers. I think the yeah. checkers table and tabletop games. Yeah. And bocce ball, yeah. whatever bocce ball is. I don't know what bocce ball is. And yeah. yeah. Bocce ball is the same as it's, it's virtually the same as horseshoes. It's oh like, really? Okay. It's like if you, it's like if you were playing shuffleboard, but with like larger, heavier and throw it maybe like, Oh, okay. I don't know yardage, but yeah, it's maybe like 30 feet is how long a bocce ball court is. Yeah. I was like the visual of a, Sid and Gerald. I like okay, like my favorite my other favorite little bit here is just Gerald as the uh like umpire slash catcher is like steer hack one <laughs> and then popping out of the plants. Yeah. Strike one <laughs> I think I, I probably would have tried to say that sometimes, like play a kickball in school, like strike two. You're swinging too hard. You're swinging too I, hard, man. I don't know what his voice was going for. I don't know. I think he, again, I think we're getting general umpire. Gerald's getting like, Gerald's getting more uh, Jamil Smith probably was just getting more comfortable with the character and like taking him yeah. in like different directions depending on the episode. You know, we get a yeah. a lot more just like dynamic Gerald 
range in these mm-hmm. in these episodes that we're that we're uh, recording today. So that's pretty fun. But yeah, Eugene mm-hmm. too, like not good chicken, nice chicken. I like fried chicken. <laughs> ah no, stop fucking! And then the stock, the stock Eugene screamed that. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> but that that happens off screen. <laughs> it cuts it cuts to like Arnold or whatever, and then you hear Eugene scream. <laughs> Should we track just like Eugene? Eugene getting hurt because I think that would just be funny it, to, to have it listed. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mental, okay. That I, scream in particular that. could replace the Wilhelm scream. Be completely okay. Yeah, I'd, totally, I'd be perfectly fine. All right. So. Can you imagine hearing that in movies? Like, yeah, whenever like a stormtrooper gets like murked or like thrown off of a, sur- a high surface yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Oh God. Sorry. I feel so bad. We're like, <laughs> but it's it's supposed to be funny. Eugene is like, he's always getting hurt. It's funny. Oh, he's the butt of the joke by complete intention. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you think lowbrow archives sells? I don't think I. I was like, is that porn or like? It's gotta be. It's it gotta to be, be like yeah. an adult, you know, entertainment uh, media establishment. And uh, it makes sense that Helga watches a lot of court TV because she's so argumentative. <laughs> it's better be worth it, football head. A little stinger. I was watching court TV. Too, so good. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I never noticed that. They do a lot of rim shots. and st- Like, they'll literally punctuate jokes with rim shots in- on this show. Mm-hmm. But it's okay. Like, mm-hmm. you're totally fine with it. You're like, okay, great. It's better than, you know. It's no more on the nose than a laugh track. But <laughs> Yeah. No, I didn't notice until this watch rewatch though that the dumpster that they pour out onto the field is actually it's literally everything they took off the field in the first place like the TV, the old tire and everything. Mm. So it was a ni- it was a very nice thoughtful. Very nice solid like middle finger to the adults. <laughs> yeah. They deserved it. He was Arnold was rightfully vindictive there. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give him that. Um but then the adults are like, oh, I wish there was something we could do. <laughs> Stupid. Couldn't have toned down not done it in adults. the first place. But I mean, they've, but to their credit, overnight, they throw up a backstop and everything. They mow the lawn. And they like sand it down they, too. And they, they like give it a proper yeah. mound and everything. Yeah, yeah. They like, they like pimp my ride, Gerald Field. And yeah. They got free meat out of it too. Eight pounds. That, Absolutely. That, oxtails, Mr. Green oxtail, is so generous with his balls. Oxtail's really expensive. So, like, good on Mr. Green for donating that. Yeah. Triple stitched imitation baseball. Just in case you didn't hear my my lowbrow archives joke, Mr. Green was so generous with his balls. Oh my gosh! Oh, nice. Sorry, I was I was a little I was a little more preoccupied with uh just that thing that thing. I want to say if you are like a Hey Arnold fan, who grew up around you know we were a kid when the show came out da 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 and you were like coming up going to school if you didn't obnoxiously run around a diamond at least once like yelling play ball ad nauseum then you might have missed something there somewhere along the line <laughs> so yeah. i i didn't count how many times he said it i just know he said the majority of times but the phrase play ball is said 15 times in this episode mr win probably yeah. did it says it at least it's 9 at least 8 8 or 9 yeah, it's of at those least times, eight or nine times yeah <laughs> Would you be quiet? Yeah. <laughs> it's just that they have on that wide shot. Again, I think I, th- I like when they do that. Like, yeah, they pull out and the last line of the episode is like super echoey or whatever. And mm-hmm. they do that a lot. That I, I do like that. Mm-hmm. That would have been a really good spot for a shut the fuck up from I love you, man. <laughs> just oh, the, any yeah, they, though they use the same, the same exact line twice. And I can't, I'm like, I, 
Yeah, it's probably. I think like the one they actually captured was the the base the the galaxy game. Shut the fuck up! <laughs> Shut the fuck up! I think that's the same one used when he's outside of the. Uh, when they're jamming garage. in the garage. No, yeah, it's the when exact same because you just see the guy from behind and they just like, yeah. like I forget the ADR. We'll just we'll just re we'll just recycle it. That movie claims the best use of "shut the fuck up." I would say. I would say so. Yeah, that's probably up there. Yeah. Yeah. If there was one, it's like that meme of meme of like, oh, put put the f word into the title of a movie or your favorite movie line or whatever. Like, what character of look, we can end on this. Like, what Hey Arnold character would be the most? Would you expect? Who deserves to, the f word? Yeah, who would say it first? Do you think is it just obvious to say Helga? Is it is that the clearest choice? I feel like I would lean into Helga or Curly. Oh, Curly, saying definitely the, saying the first <laughs> f word. Yeah, but. I mean, if we're going with, like, also side characters, I feel like we could have gotten one out of either Ernie or the Jolly Ollie Man. Yeah, okay, Let, those are very strong contenders. I would probably yeah. give it more to Jolly Ollie Man when he was in the in our last episode when he was price gouging the ice cream. Yeah, I could see him cussing there, but yeah. I could also see Ernie, because he's very confrontative. Yeah. He could just be saying, fuck you, like somewhere in the yeah. background. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. like that, that cacophony of the of the adults arguing, and you just hear, mm-hmm. right, before, uh, yeah. right before Mrs. Vitello punches Mr. Green. <laughs> Again, yeah. just off-screen <laughs> punching sound. <laughs> I didn't know Mr. Tello had such a great right hook, and I didn't know Mr. Green had such a glass such jaw. A glass jaw. <laughs> so anyway, I guess uh, we have one more episode to to go into, and so we're probably gonna cut it here. I think that's fair to say, Sean. Shall we? Yeah. All right. Absolutely. So the, do, so the main let's do the sign off and uh, yeah, sign let's back signing in. off. So the main takeaways here are uh, jealousy will ultimately, if you're acting out of jealousy you'll you're ultimately probably just going to end up alone so be mindful of that don't and in a neck brace like and a, in a neck dork. brace yeah <laughs> a neck brace like a dork or and also you know don't don't steal what wasn't yours in the first place you know like basically dibs is the the moral of vacant lot like mm. who you know first first dibs respect the dibs you know what i'm saying and then of course yeah. again as is always the case here at podcast 118 a Arnold reeducation Never eat raspberries because Grandpa Phil said so.